What is up, wrestling fans? Welcome to another pay-per-view point edition of the Smartout Moment Smack Talk podcast. NXT TakeOver 31 is heading our way this Sunday, so we're going to do our usual preview here. We're going to break down the card as far as everything's currently announced, speculate on some other changes that may or may not happen, uh, go through our predictions, talk about what we think that we're excited about, what might not really be all that great, all the other kind of jazz we normally do here. I'm your host as always, Tony Mango. Joining me as always is Robert DeFelice. Hey, hey. And Callum Wiggins. They should have called it NXT TakeOver. Uh, this will do. Yeah, just, uh, uh, ah, shit, NXT TakeOver. What are we going to do? <laughs> and NXT they... TakeOver adequacy. Yeah, they should, yeah, just called adequate. it NXT TakeOver shit already. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's uh, not that long after NXT TakeOver 30. I mean way way shorter of a distance that i would think would make a whole lot of sense and that's for any particular reason i don't know there was a little bit of speculation that maybe they would want to put that in the thunderdome we haven't gotten any kind of confirmation about that yet and maybe they bump it up because of that reason but takeover this year has been one of the most chaotic things if you look at the lineage of takeover events from 2020 it's messy we were supposed to have, for instance, TakeOver Dublin for the UK side of things. We didn't end up getting that. That got pushed to October. Now that's off until next year. We were supposed to get TakeOver Tampa. Of course, WrestleMania throws that off and everything gets crazy with there. We don't end up having TakeOver Tampa. We just have the matches on NXT. We start getting into some of the other times throughout this year or whatever. Now, this seems to be taking the place of War Games without War Games. And there's... Talk that there's going to be one at the beginning of December. Now, maybe that's going to be War Games. Maybe their whole game plan was to just get something out of the way, make sure that NXT is a part of Survivor Series, and then do something in December. To me, I feel like you kind of don't even need this one. I think if we would have gone between NXT TakeOver 30 and then one in early December, December 5th or so, I think is what it's supposed to be, I think it'd be fine. Right? Yeah, I mean, that's the way they used to do it, so yeah. why why try and fix what isn't broken? We had, like, four a year originally, I think. Yeah, but then... Yeah, they're, they, they're quarterly shows, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and they became a, uh, something that is essentially on weekly television all the time now, and so they feel like they have to put more emphasis on having monthly or at least bi-monthly shows. Yeah. Well, why? why, man? I don't understand that. Like, well, why do you need to ruin things? Their philosophy nowadays, for some reason, is just pump out content. Doesn't matter if it's good, doesn't matter if it's repeats of what everything is, just do it and people will watch it or they won't. And we don't care about getting any kind of uh, buzz for anything. We'll tell you that you love it. We'll tell you that it was great afterward. We'll tell you that it's going to be amazing. And then you'll either believe it or you don't. You're either too stupid to understand otherwise where you're just gonna stick around with it like we do where it's just sort of it's ingrained in what your culture is and and you do a podcast about it <laughs> i like that you've called us stupid before we even started covering this show well yeah, it's stupid. true <laughs> i mean come on it's true i'm talking uh, to you whoever you are listening yeah yeah you, you're stupid yeah Thank barry <laughs> Hey, oh, oh, Barry. That's, that's upsetting because he's an elephant. He will never forget that now. Yeah. <laughs> what a uh, dumbo, huh? Yeah, <laughs> oh, if you like classic jokes like the things that we've got here, donate to the Patreon. Patreon.com slash moment. You'll get some more jokes. And I don't know, maybe we'll do a whole joke edition of the Dark Cast or something. If you don't know what the Dark Cast is, it's the Patreon exclusive episodes. $10 and up gives you access to those things. If you want to donate to that, make sure that we don't do these stupid jokes. You can also do the same thing. Uh, even a dollar goes a long way, though. That's just one of the many ways you can help support this channel grow. There's also the Patreon equivalent of YouTube. You know, you hit the little join button. You become part of the membership side of things there. There's the applause button. If you're really liking this video, also, you can hit the like button. That's completely free, but that helps us out quite a bit, too. If you're not subscribed to this YouTube channel, 
that's something that you should have been doing a long, long time ago. So hit that button, ring that little notification bell as well, and drop your comments and tell us your thoughts on what's going to happen here for NXT TakeOver 31. What are you excited about? What's going to be all the whole lineup of the winners and everything else that we're going to be breaking down here? So normally we start off with this idea of what other things are going to be on this card. And I feel like maybe that ties into a match that they kind of alluded to being on the card, but it might not be at this point. It's a little bit confusing. I'm expecting that we don't get anything other than the five matches that are announced. But if we do, the one match that we should get is for the NXT Tag Team Championship because Breezango is going to face at some point either Danny Birch and Oni Lorcan or Bobby Fish and Roderick Strong. That's what they had set up. They did this whole mixed tag sort of uh, strange bedfellows match, whatever you want to call it, where it was um, Strong and Danny Birch against Raul Mendoza and I'm like, I don't know who the other one was. Fabian Eichner. Fabian Eichner, yeah. Uh, yeah. Fabu Acne, as uh, I think he had put on <laughs> the chart. But they had that match to set up a number one contenders match. And the game plan, at least last week, was to have Strong and Fish against Lurkin and Birch on tonight's episode. They haven't advertised that. Now, since then, we've had this whole COVID outbreak. Of course, you're supposed to be hush-hush about that in WWE. It's just medically cleared and whatever. Apparently, you're not allowed to talk about those things. It's ridiculous. But that seems like that might have been affected by this. Might be Breezango. Like Tyler Breeze could have been in the mix of there. Fandango could have been... Maybe not. Maybe Birch and Lurkin fight Strong and Fish and they set that up for this. Maybe they don't necessarily have that in mind for this card because, if I remember correctly, they never actually said, I might be wrong about this, they never actually said they will fight for the tag titles at TakeOver. It's just one of those kind of things where WWE says, we're going to set up a number one contenders match and they will fight for the tag team championship. And then you can fill in the blank of uh, next week on NXT, two weeks in NXT, and and so on and so forth. Yeah, yeah, it was um, just this is to crown the next number one contenders for the tag team titles at a date to be vaguely assessed later. Mm-hmm. So the fact that we have five matches already on this card, and we typically only have five, but lately they've been, I think it's past two events, maybe three, where they had put something on the pre-show. There is an option for a sixth match. So I guess first things first, do you think that we're going to get the tag title match or do you think we're going to get something else or are we not going to get a sixth uh, match at all? I think if everybody's healthy, then we get the tag title match, but I wouldn't be surprised if we get nothing. I don't think they'll do the tag title match here just because they don't need to do it and they could save that for a TV episode down the line anyway to try and like maybe draw a few more eyes for that. I think if they potentially want to proceed this a little bit further and everyone's healthy, I think they might do the number one contenders match on this show or on the pre-show. Just get that out of the way and then do the tag title match on an episode of NXT in a week or two. I'm leaning more towards that direction too. I think that based off of not knowing who's with the whole COVID stuff and just the idea that if it's a pre-show, it doesn't really matter as much. And they do like to do these things recently where a match that could take place at a takeover is some headlining thing on an NXT episode. It doesn't seem like it's really changing the ratings all that much. I mean, I haven't fully broken down every single little thing. I don't have the patience for that, but their ratings don't change that drastically no matter what they do. And I wouldn't think that the tag uh, tag title match would suddenly boost them way past Dynamite's numbers no, or anything crazy. No, I don't think it's about ratings. It's just giving them something to do on an episode of NXT. Yeah. So I don't think we're getting the tag title match. I think we might get an NXT tag title number one contenders match, but we might not even get that. It wouldn't shock me at all if we had something like Ridge Holland beats uh, Cameron Grimes. Or... Oh. Probably just a jobber, actually. Yeah, you know, Rich Holland beats Leon Ruff, or yeah. Ashanti Adonis fights Austin Theory. Austin Theory versus Bronson Reed. I mean, like, some nondescript 
Everrise fights Legato del Fantasma. You're you're throwing it out there for the sake of throwing it out there type of thing. I think that's what we're going to end up getting. Then again, that's a pre-show to me. Yeah, I mean, like you can't really ask for too much. It's a pre-show, and it's for a card that I don't feel all that jazzed about. Why am I using the word jazz today? Yeah, like uh, you're uh, thinking of the uh, women's wrestler from the like, early 2000s. Yeah, is that what's happening? That's the second time I use it, and I don't normally use that word all that much. Scat, 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 bap. Yeah, just gonna start singing scat man. Great song. Um, yeah, I'm not feeling this card in some ways. Uh, there's some things that are really exciting just because it's a little bit different, but then there's a lot of things that I just sort of feel like this could be an episode of NXT. It's not really a takeover. It's not a special event. And I want my pay-per-views to be special. I keep complaining about how there shouldn't be DQs and uh, DQ endings unless it's something that you really just can't get around. There can't, there shouldn't be a count out, like a double count out just to set up a rematch on Monday Night Raw. For that matter, there shouldn't be rematches on Monday Night Raw the right the next night afterward, like we got with Asuka and Zelina Vega anyway, just because what's the point? You just had that We're the previous night. We're making content here, Tony. Come on. You gotta, you gotta fill some hours. I still feel like uh, if WWE were to give me a job, I'd figure it out better. Like uh, maybe, hey, if you want to prove me wrong, WWE, give me the job. Make let me fail at it, and then I'll go on podcasts and go, look at that, it's a hell of a lot harder than I thought that it was going to be. And you know, hands up. uh, It's like the third time on a podcast that you've asked for a job. Are you are you trying to get a job, Tony? Is that what we're going for here? This is all about you just getting a job now. They have my application. They know where to find me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, something like, for instance, the NXT Cruiserweight Championship match, that was the most recently announced match. It's Santos Escobar against Isaiah Swerve Scott for, I think, the third time for the title. I think that they had fought twice. I don't remember for sure. It might have been only uh, like a, a non-title match and then a title match. I think it's the second time for the title. I think they fought, maybe it was in the original tournament, maybe they fought as well. Maybe I am blanking on that with that, yeah. Uh, Escobar is great. Isaiah Swerve Scott is great. I like Escobar better overall. I think that he shouldn't be dropping this title right now, even though I like Isaiah Swerve Scott. It's a mouthful to say, and it's it's annoying to type, but (laughs) Scott and... Escobar have had tag title, uh, tag matches, you know, six man tags, and some kind of random pairings here and there. I'm over it. I'd be fine with just Escobar wins. Scott's out of the tag. Uh, why do I keep wanting to say tag? Out of the title picture, and we move on to Escobar against somebody else. My uh, game plan and my theory being Kushida. I don't think we're getting a tag. My God, why am I using the word tag today like that? Tag and jazz. Something's on off of my brain. Uh, I don't think we're getting a title switch here. I think that Scott fighting Escobar is just another instance of WWE saying, those guys work well together, do it again. Tag, tag, tag. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't really know what to really add too much to this. But the match will be good because they've had good matches in the past. And there's no reason to suspect that the match itself won't be very good i just don't really see much coming from it regardless of the result really you either keep it on santos escobar and yeah that's fine he's kind of lost a bit of steam they don't really feel like the the guard del fantasma don't feel as big as they did when they first formed they've just been going through the motions he's barely really he hasn't really featured all that much in general and as Scott is been there for a while hasn't really achieved all that much he's very good in the ring but just giving them the title here might be something that they want to do to give him a little bit of a boost and just a change in direction but either way they need to there's there's no real emphasis on the cruiserweight championship right now so i don't really find myself getting too invested on who wins either way so i'll just say that scott wins to be different uh swerve scott wins because you gotta just move the belt you know it's the cruiserweight. As much as it sucks, how important can this really be when you know that this will only be on a certain plateau on the card? And it's just, it's the cruiserweight. Scott deserves it. But here's where I'm going to differ. 
move Escobar up to the main roster. They need tag teams so badly. And I think Escobar can be as good as an Andrade or Angel Garza. Well, I mean, we do know that the draft is coming up. October 9th and October 12th is uh, the game plan. I thought we... the draft had already happened because Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke have already gone to Raw. And <laughs> no, no, no. Braun uh... Strowman was on Raw a couple of weeks ago. and These were leftover trades from last year, you see. And you know how that whole brand-to-brand uh, -brand invitational is supposed to be one person every quarter, and Drew Gulak was on Monday Night Raw, and it, yeah, and they they don't follow their own rules. Well, well, that's actually like leaning on something that we want to talk about here that I don't think I don't know whether you had it penciled in to mention further down the line, but hasn't there been discussion about the fact that somebody there was a promo package I think last week with someone saying that they were returning to NXT and they were a former champion and they were yep. appearing mm -hmm. on this show. Yeah, that that's on the list of things to talk okay. about. I want to... I'll, wanna... I'll, 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 I'll hold it. I'll hold off for that bit then. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I do think that this... I mean, we can kind of shuffle it in with this. Actually, it's probably a good spot to put it in because we do know that the rosters are going to be shaken up pretty soon. And what typically happens, and it's, it happens every single year, so everybody brace yourselves... NXT gets stripped of some people. SmackDown feels like it's barren and Raw gets overloaded and there's a complete disparity of heels and faces. That's what we work with every single draft. So we need to, you know, kind of make sure that that's like we're prepared for that. We also need to be prepared for the fact that WWE never puts in the thought ahead of time for this. Never. It's almost like they purposely don't want to. It's a. Uh, I, I got to imagine that the people responsible for making these decisions, they don't even look at a menu when they go to a restaurant to order. They just start like, like saying random ingredients. <laughs> so they go to like a you know, Five Guys or something like that that makes like burgers, and they're like, uh, lettuce, uh, <laughs> sort of. <laughs> and then it's like, well, let's see what happens. Oh, look at that! I got a bunch of. Yeah, I got a, some pierogies and I've got a, um, a, a chicken wing and, you know, that's a meal. So maybe the game plan is to take the title off of Escobar, put it on Scott, who wins the feud after all sorts of the shenanigans that Escobar has been able to retain the title, like that loaded mask and everything. And then they move Legato Del Fantasma up. It might work. I wouldn't be opposed to it. And even though Escobar hasn't held this championship super, super long, I don't think losing it here and moving up to the main roster would make him seem weak, especially because you put him on the main roster, you give him a push, people don't remember the whole title thing. He is a champion. It's not like, you know, he can never lose the title. And then you set up the idea that Scott, as a babyface, is the interim champion. Jordan Devlin despite the fact that we haven't seen him yet, is still the other Cruiserweight champion. Maybe down That's the line stupid. they do Scott and Devlin, some kind of thing. Ah, I am sorry, but the fact that they haven't just casually dropped Jordan's Jordan Devlin's name, at least from the title picture, is ridiculous. Oh, he should have been just completely taken out of the equation. Yeah. Yeah. Especially because Escobar's better. <laughs> But I didn't, maybe down the line they plan on doing some Worlds Collide type thing and it's like the Cruiserweight Champion against the Cruiserweight Champion and, you know, unification thing or whatever they want to do. I don't know. They they probably don't give a shit. But if we get the roster all messed around and all that, we do know that there was at least some kind of a game plan for some former champion to go back there. And a lot of people were speculating maybe it's Robert Roode. Now I think that that is just out of the mix. It's got to yeah. be Bo Dallas, right? Uh, my money's on Ember Moon. Those those are the two names that are constantly going through my mind. It has to be one of those two. The Ember Moon thing to me though, like, doesn't it sound like it's a guy? Well, they never specifically said it never specifically said it was a guy, did it? Just said it's a former no, champion. They, they never did. Former it could be Kalisto as a former tag team champion going there. Oh Jesus Christ. Oh uh, yeah, it could be a yeah, former champion that's not the NXT Well no, no, don't they show the belt? Like they the, the NXT championship. They have the two belts in their hands. To the NXT and the NXT Women's Championship. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing. It can only really be those two. 
Yeah, I mean, everyone it's, else is either doing something or is like way, way beyond I thought it might have been Sami Zayn before this thing. If he'd have lost the Clash Champions and they did something on SmackDown to write him off, essentially, and he comes back to NXT, that could have been something. But obviously now he's in a Colonel Champion. There's no way he's going to be doing that. So. Like Nakamura's got a tag title. Um, it could be Joe, but Joe's doing the... Well, uh, commentary. let's look at it this way. If we run down the list of every NXT champion that it's been, Adam Cole's already there. Finn Balor's already there. Neville's in a different company. Bo Dallas? Yeah, definitely an option. Bobby Roode? Probably not. Chap is already there. Big E? Definitely not. Shinsuke Nakamura? He's a tag champ. That doesn't make any sense. Samoa Joe? Don't think so, but... Hey. Kevin Owens? Hmm? Unlikely. Unlikely, but possibility. Unlikely. Andrade. Alistair Black. Andrade's a no. Alistair Black's a no. Drew McIntyre is obviously a no. Seth Rollins is a no. Sami Zayn's a no. Jenna Gargano's already there. Keith Lee, they just moved him up. There's no purpose. And Karrion Cross is injured and already in the, uh, the NXT roster anyway. So it pretty much has to be, unless there's some kind if of... If it's a male, it's Bo Dallas. If it's a guy, it's Bo Dallas, or this is their means of switching Owens over or something stupid, but he's he's fighting Aleister Black right now. It wouldn't make a whole lot of sense. Maybe. Beating Aleister Black. If, yeah. You know, so maybe. Like, maybe, maybe, maybe there's a chance that it's like a Samoa Joe, but I, I just don't think so. And if it's on the women's side of things, it's not going to be Shayna Baszler. She's a tag team champion right now. It's not Asuka. It's not going to be Charlotte Flair. What would be the purpose of that? Plus, she's injured. Can't be paid. She's injured. It's not Bailey. It's not Banks. It's not Io. She's already there. Kyrie's done. Rhea Ripley's there. So it's Ember, if that's the case. If they yes, do, that's uh, how the process of works. <laughs> well, if they do something with Ember Moon, that would shock me. Not only because I still think that she might be not cleared to, to compete. I don't remember the timetable of when she was supposed to be uh, back, but. I mean, hey, maybe she attacks Io Shirai after Io Shirai retains the title or something like that. If it's Bo Dallas, I don't know where he fits in the whole mix. Does he just attack the NXT champion at the end? But that's why they are the perfect people for it to be, because they're lost in the shuffle. Bo Dallas is an afterthought in everybody's mind. It has been for six years now. At Ember Moon, people still know that she can go, but they're not using her, so people already assume that she's a nobody. They're the perfect two people to do it. Hmm. Um, Let's see here. We got Kushida against Velveteen Dream. I'm about 50-50 on this one. I'm about two other matches on this card, too, but this one I could see going either way, because Kushida makes sense to me. He could win the feud. He can use this as a means to go forward and start maybe fighting Escobar for the Cruiserweight title. I don't know if you really want to give the win to Velveteen Dream, considering everything that's going on, but at some point, if they ruled him as just completely innocent of everything, then you got to move on, you know? It's just, you can't have that lingering around and perpetually do nothing with him. You either think that he's innocent and you move on, or you think that he's not and you release him. They haven't released him. Then again, Velveteen Dream is a bigger deal. He's somebody who, if he wins this match, maybe he goes on and fights Finn Balor down the line. So I wouldn't be shocked if it's either one here. Yeah, I can't, uh, can't really pick between the two of them. I think that my my gut is saying Kushida just because they seem to have given him a bit more of an intense edge recently. They had that match with Austin Fury and basically just murdered the guy showed a lot more intensity than he has done in his previous things. So maybe they start, that's a start of, okay, we need you to get more intense because we're going to be pushing you towards either the Cruiserweight Championship or the North American Championship in the near future. So get a win over Velveteen Dream, who's an established star. Then, yeah, you can start to boot your way upwards. On the flip side, Velveteen Dream is, as Tony says, more established in NXT. He could easily be fighting Damian Priest in the future for the North American Championship. They kind of have the the party animal lifestyle of Damien Priest would blend in well with Velveteen Dream's outlook and the way that his character is portrayed. Or he could go up to face Finn Balor at some point as well. I go with Kushida just because I think it's a little bit different and it would make more of an impact if he was to win. Velveteen Dream just doesn't 
it doesn't strike me as him winning. It doesn't really lead to too much because he could realistically lose this match and still chan- like get a few wins on NXT and be challenging for either belt anyway. So. Mm. so in my opinion, it's obviously Kushida because this is his first takeover in like a year and a half of being there and he hasn't been on takeover. So they're clearly pushing him to bigger and better things. This is not a theme. I'm not going to say this about everybody on the card. But would it really kill them to just move Dream? If you're not going to fire him, can you just put him on Raw or SmackDown already? It's been long enough. He's got nowhere to go in NXT. Move him to the main roster. Let him get in there with Jeff Hardy or... Yeah, an equal baby face on the raw side that escapes me right now. But, <laughs> but Kevin you know, Owens. Yeah, there you go. Him. I, I just move Dream up. You're not doing anything with him on NXT. He's been there long enough. I want to see him do other things. If you're going to keep him there, have him do something else. So Kushida wins. Dream gets called up. It's the big issue with the fact, that for me at the very least, obviously the allegations surrounding Dream aside, He's gotten a lot worse in the last year. Whether that's the injury related and stuff like that, he just doesn't feel, and obviously there's no crowd and that obviously has an impact as well, but he doesn't feel like the same character that he was a year ago. Yeah. Yeah, So when Roderick Strong beat him and he went away, it never was the same after that. And I do get that feeling as well, but all the more reason to move him up because he's already stale from an NXT standpoint. I mean, at the beginning of the year, I made him my one to watch because I was like, oh, it's going to be a breakout year for him and everything's going to turn around. But Well, you were right. He is one to watch. Just <laughs> <laughs> like something's off. And I don't know if it's that he's got all these personal things going on and maybe that that's just weighing him down. I mean, cause we've seen p- uh, plenty of different people over the uh, decades be like, something's off about Jeff Hardy. Okay, well, then he gets arrested. Or something's off about uh, blanket on some different names or whatever, but th- then not the person, hard. <laughs> hard. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, somebody seems like they're just not putting in the effort and then they leave the company or they get fired or it turns out that they've got some massive issues at home, you know, you're going through a divorce or they've, uh, they've, they've lost their parents or you know, something like that. We've seen a lot of those things. So I don't know what's going on with Velveteen Dream, but he is off. And a loss here to Kushida makes sense more for Kushida. Doesn't kill Velveteen Dream. It's not like he's in the middle of the biggest push of his life and they're derailing it. I say go with Kushida, but if they went with Velveteen Dream, I wouldn't be shocked. Now, I am equally 50-50 when it comes to... I'm just going to throw both these matches in together because I do think that they depend on each other. The North American title match and the women's title match. Uh, Io Shirai is defending against Candice LeRae. Damian Priest is defending against Johnny Gargano. Candice LeRae How won a battle royal. How do they depend on each other? Huh? How do they depend on each other? You... I said depend instead of defend? Yeah, you said depend. Huh. Well, you know, one side has to carry the other one in a match. Ah. You gotta well... make sure that you don't, uh, you know, drop your people on the head. So it's good for Johnny Gargano that he's not with uh, Ridge Holland. <laughs> but... <laughs> I like Rich Holland, by the way, still. But LeRae won a battle royal to become the number one contender. Johnny Gargano won a... Exactly. <laughs> Johnny Gargano was like, hey, I want the North America title. And then the next thing turns around, it's like, all right, number one contender. There you go. And I don't know if that's just because, screw it, why not? It'll be a fun match. Or if their game plan here is the Garganos win the titles. And the Gargano way is proven to work, and it ends up being some of that kind of storytelling because Io Shirai and Rhea Ripley have been avoiding each other essentially. I don't have any faith whatsoever that Rhea Ripley is taking this title from Io Shirai. I think Rhea Ripley's going up in the draft. Maybe they just have been sitting around not knowing what to do with her. One come SmackDown, they just go, Look at that, Rhea Ripley, boom. Or Monday Night Raw. Probably Monday Night Raw because they'll throw everybody on in there and then not know what to do with her. But Candice has been my main heel that I think can beat Io Shirai. Now that Mercedes Martinez is out of the mix too, even more so. If it's not Candice, 
and it isn't uh, Rhea Ripley, then who the hell is it? So once you start getting into if Candace beats Io, does Johnny beat Damien and we get the first uh, married couple as champions over all that kind of stuff. And I like Johnny Gargano's little thing. He said, since by law, what's mine is hers and what's hers is mine. That makes me also the women's champion. <laughs> so now I'm the first person to win every single championship in NXT. Love that. Uh, I'm leaning more towards both titles change hands. I definitely think Candace wins. I'm not as sold on the idea of Johnny wins. It seems like all year Johnny has just been, eh, I'm established in NXT. I can lose and just say I want that and get that. So I'm not sold on that, but definitely Candace wins. And I'm going to say against my better judgment, Johnny wins, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Damian Priest pull it out either. I think that the results aren't specifically dependent on each other because I think that you could have Candice win the title and Johnny Organo lose to Damian Priest. And maybe build up towards over time Johnny Organo versus Tim Balor or whoever else is the world champion down the line because it's Johnny Organo. It doesn't take much to build him up for a, a world championship opportunity even if he loses here. Also, it feels a bit too soon to have Priest drop the title. I know that's never been like a huge prevention in the past, but it just... Feels like you you did a good job, and he's starting to really flourish in his character now more than he has so beforehand. And so just to take the title away from him now feels like you're just pulling the rug under from him when he's actually starting to build a bit of momentum for himself. So my mindset is that I think that I'm very convinced that Priest will retain. So the other side is the more confusing one. I would say at the very least, this is a rematch of my favourite women's match over the past five years or so, but since that Bailey and Sasha match, the uh, Io Shirai Candice the Ray match from last year's takeover was one of the yeah, one of the best women's matches I've ever seen. So I'm very much looking forward to see what they can do here with the roles reversed, with the Ray as the heel and Io as the baby face. So that's a big thumbs up for the actual match itself. I They can... really took the scenic route with Larray, right? Because she's been there how long now? And she hasn't Got a title shot yet? It feels she, like she it. has that. She has that title shot. Has she? Yeah, she lost to um, uh, Shayna Baszler in the title shot. Ah, well, I think she might have lost to Rhea Ripley too. Yeah, on, yeah, on an episode of NXT at the very least. So I don't think she's ever had a shot at a takeover. Yeah, no, that definitely not. Or if she did, so, it was like a fatal four way or something. Yeah. So I think that this is a good opportunity to give to title to Candice Ray. I mean, you know, he's been champion since In Your House, so it's been a it's been a while. She's she's been had a good reign as the champion, but as Tony says, there's really no other challenges once Candice the raise out the picture. But then again, there's the issue with the fact that obviously Candice's natural challenger would have been Tegan Knox, and Tegan Knox is now out of the picture. Mm-hmm. So who would Candice face? There's really like case you have to would have to start really building up Casey Catanzaro or Lacey Lane or whoever you're going to do to build up. Shotzi. There's really yeah shot yeah shots is obviously a big like a big plus point, but outside of that the the women's roster in NXT at the moment isn't particularly deep. Maybe that makes sense to have Ember Moon back if she is available. But uh, yeah, at the moment, there really aren't a huge amount of options beyond, okay, give it to Candice and then build up Shotzi to get it eventually. But then again, Shotzi will probably be the next challenger. And so she, you wouldn't have Candice just immediately drop it to Shotzi. Maybe I'm thinking too much ahead, but I think uh, the likelihood is that Candice will win this one. So I'll go with Candice. But I'm going with Damian Priest retaining as well. And I know that this is kind of giving a little bit too much credit than what they really deserve. But you got to start thinking about Survivor Series. If they do the Raw versus SmackDown versus NXT champion versus champion versus champion setup, who do you want going in? Both sides of both matches are more than capable of pulling their weight. Like if we get for, you know, let's just assume that the champions stay the same. If we get Asuka versus Bailey versus Io Shirai, makes sense. If we get Asuka versus Sasha Banks versus Io Shirai, makes sense. If we get Asuka versus Bailey slash Sasha against Candice LeRae, yeah, still makes sense. Same with the Damian Priest. He can pull his weight in a mid-card title match with the, the Intercontinental and the United States champions. You know, maybe it's 
I would assume it's probably not Bobby Lashley versus Sami Zayn versus Damian Priest, but that doesn't seem bad at all. They're all three capable guys. Johnny Gargano, you know he's going to lock that down. So you can't go wrong, essentially, outside of the fact that if you have no plans of what to do with anybody going forward, then you're kind of screwed. But I'm I'm starting to get a little bit like ahead of the game with the Survivor Series of trying to plan out who I think might be on the teams, too. If we get Raw versus NXT versus SmackDown, and if Rhea is no longer on the NXT roster, Io Shirai could be the leader of Team NXT for the women. More so than I think Candice LeRae. Yeah. That's him and know, Tony, that whole scenario sounds like a COVID hazard, but uh, it could happen. You, you think about... Will you think about who the NXT women's team would be then in that respect? It's like so it's Io Shirai, Shotzi Blackheart, and then and then you just like stop. oh you got people you got, so you got uh Dakota Kai, I guess so yeah you also got Dakota Kai Rick, yeah Dakota Kai Raquel Gonzalez and then what Casey John Blank uh, Casey you could do um wait, wait I'm, I'm I'm blanking on who we got already so. We got Io or Candice, so that's one. Shotzi is another one. Dakota's one. Um, Raquel is one. And then we only need one more, so that other one could be... Maybe they give a little bit of a push over the course of time for to Casey Catanzaro. Maybe they do it to Indy Hartwell. Aaliyah. You just give it to Aaliyah and yeah, call it a day. Got, yeah. yeah, or you go... You know what? You go with Aaliyah, and you have her be the super quick elimination at the very beginning of it. No, you have her win, so Robert Stone can celebrate like a moron. <laughs> I would assume that they would have gone with Tegan Knox, of course, if they would have been able to. But hey, you know what? They're uh, doing this whole thing with the possible heel turn of Zia Lee. Maybe she gets on it. Uh, got now would be as good a time as any to say that on the bump today, Triple H basically said, hey, we're signing a shit ton of women, so be on the lookout for that. What did he say? He basically I mean, he said, didn't hey. say that, I'm sure. But well, no, he just said, <laughs> It'd be hey, great if he's uh, just like, yeah, it's nice to be here. We're signing a shit ton of women. <laughs> He said, I, I know you think that the NXT women's division has peaked, but we're signing a lot of talent, and pretty soon this women's division is going to be stronger than ever. Can can I ask then, where are they finding them? And why hasn't AEW found them at the same time? Uh, well, because AEW is too busy hiring uh, Red Velvet and the Pink Dream, Alex Garcia, because I guess Velveteen Dream is a no-no. Um, they should. They're I both don't... really attractive. So. <laughs> I mean, I mean they're, they're both good. I'm not saying that's that they were too bad signings. I'm just saying, like, no, I mean, where, the, the, where is this? Where is this talent that they WWE seems to be aware of that no one else seems to be aware of? Because like, I don't. Again, it's not like I'm following the women's independent scene as like super closely as other people are. So if people were to correct me on that side of things, then I'm more willing to be corrected. But I don't know where this huge cacophony of awesome women's wrestlers has just been like dug up from. Well, I think prior to COVID. He had said in an interview with Sean that they were getting ready to do another May Young Classic. So maybe they just said, fuck the tournament. Here's some contracts, you know? Well, we do have yeah. a couple of people that have been waiting in the wings. We know Brandy Lauren has yeah, been signed. signed. Brianna Brandy, all she's done so far outside of standing next to people at Raw Underground is uh, talk on Raw Underground. Yeah, yeah. Say, didn't she interview Baba Tunde? Yeah, she did that. She seemed pretty confident on the mic there. I don't know about her ring skills. We know we got Catalina still because she was part of that battle royal. She's done a couple things here and there. It's not like she's going to make a big, big difference, except for if she starts wrestling more, then maybe she'll be uh, on my worst list again. Uh, there's that <laughs> Emily and Zulis. Uh, we still have Kavita Devi. I mean, they haven't done anything with her. Karen Q still injured. Rita Reyes has been signed. Simone Johnson's out. Sari is uh, in whatever is country. Um, she is. Let me look at her uh, page right now. So she is from Japan. And they signed her. They signed her February 22nd, it seems. Oof. And then, of course, you know, COVID. <laughs> That's that's one of the the ways to end any sentence this year is, and then you know COVID. But I had written down a list of people going back to a potential May Young Classic 2019 that seemed like it was like maybe they signed this person, maybe they put this person in a May Young Classic. I don't know if any of these people are necessarily 
available anymore. I don't even know if some of them are good. I just had like a, a random ass list of some different things. One being Natalia Markova, um, Ayla Fox. She should be available. Shax. I kind of remember Shax being somebody who I liked on NXT UK on an episode or so. There's that Alex Garcia. Uh, I wrote down Myla Grace, Vicky Haskins, Aaliyah James, Carissa Rivera, who was apparently Lashley's first wife on one yes, of those stupid sure. segments. She was in the wedding. Ava Everett slash Evie Rogerson. I mean, I don't know a lot of these names. Amber Nova. I, I recognize the name. So, Alea James and... <laughs> Candy Cartwright. <laughs> uh, and, but no, that's where I was going. Because James and one of the other names you mentioned just are in the UK. And they're a part of all that speaking out stuff. So, if they were going to get signed, they'd probably get signed to the UK side of things. I mean, I got a full-on list. Uh, we could go into another day or whatever, but who knows who they sign? Maybe they sign somebody like a Priscilla Kelly. Maybe they sign... Uh, hey, maybe they steal Red Velvet away if she's not signed with AEW. Well, that company should be making all of the signings they can. So, What's up with Cheerleader Melissa these days? Or Taylor Wilde? Taylor Wilde was supposed to come back to Impact, but then, you know, COVID. Um, and Cheerleader Melissa, I think, might be doing some coaching with AEW. Don't quote me on that. I think that might be what she's doing. Hmm. So, I don't know. And then there's maybe just flat out, who the hell knows? It's just some somebody. Maybe it's Brittany Blake from Fanboys Anonymous. It doesn't, <laughs> it's not like necessarily needs to be like a big name straight out of the gate. I just think that at the moment, they have to concentrate on consolidating the people they have and trying to build up some of those people into more prominent positions because essentially they've spent the last year, year and a half just sitting on names like Casey Camzaro and Lacey Lane and Zia Lee. Just like kind of, they're just always in the, okay, there's an extra match that we can put a women's match on, so let's just do give them a bit of spotlight and not actually building their characters or concentrating on giving them any sort of like discernible pushes or anything like that. So consolidate who who you currently have, give them some actual momentum. And then if you have to sign other people and need to slowly build them up, then that's their turn to do that. It's your turn for the people who are previously like jobbers or just also runs on your roster to step up and see what they can do. Well, they did give uh, Casey and Caden that Spitfire Warriors name. So That's, I don't like yeah. that. But whatever. <laughs> so I guess ultimately, push comes to shove, gone to your head. Priest or Gargano, Candice or EO? Candice, and I thought about it, Priest. Yeah, Candice and Damien Priest. Just to be different, well, at the very least, I'll go Candice and Johnny. While we're just one final thing on the women's thing, I know we're talking about a lot of can't touch, don't touch people. Well, stop but... saying don't sign Nicole. Don't stop saying sign no, Nicole. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm not going to Nicole's way. I promise. I promise. No, now he's but, saying uh, sign Lil Swole. <laughs> uh, Tessa Blanchard, yes or no? Uh... If they think that they can somehow handle her inflated ego, then they. I think that they'd be, I don't want to say stupid not to, but it's maybe a risk worth taking. If they can get her cheap enough. I'll say this. I think Tessa is more of a risk worth taking than Dream is a risk worth keeping. And if they can, maybe they should. But it's, it's going to really depend. I just wanted to bring that up because... You know, we're talking about women's wrestlers that are available, and she is. Maybe that is their game plan. Maybe that's their whole ace in the hole. We got Tessa. You know, is she still in Mexico, or is she in the United States by this she, point? She might still be in Mexico, because I think she's been living there with Daga, but I don't know. Hmm. Uh, also, I like that Callum tried to cut me off 
before I could even say the name of Savoy, <laughs> even though I wasn't going there. Well, just a, you always say it and it never happens. So maybe I'm, just I, helping, I know. You, I'm helping you not say and then maybe it will actually happen. Uh, good, good point. I, I do hope it does one day. See, now it won't happen. You fucked it. Ah, <laughs> good job. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what hasn't been talked about in a while and that should happen? What's that? I want that big man buffet match at WrestleMania. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were literally leading into the merchandise shops. That was yeah, that really would have been the perfect spot for a plug. <laughs> well, what the hell? Why not? Merchandise shops, T Public and Redbubble. Go ahead and check them out. If you think that's a better spot for a plug and you want me to put that on a t shirt, I don't know why you would, but good. Uh, let me know. We got the Fanboy Synonymous, the Smart Out Moment, and the A Mango Tees side of both those shops. Plenty of different designs, plenty of different ways for you to put them on different types of products. Whenever I think of new designs, I'll put them up there. You never know when that's going to happen. I haven't been uh, doing too much of that lately just because there's been so much other content to do. And I really want to write up things like that who should kill the Joker post on fanboys. But, um, you know, if you want to get something tangible for your means of helping us on the monetary side of the growth for Smartout Moment, then that's the way to do it. And very quickly, because I mentioned Fanboys Anonymous, go to fanboysanonymous.com. Check out everything happening there. Show your support for that site, that channel on YouTube, all the different avenues so you can be listening to things. Follow it on Facebook and Twitter, just like you do at Smart Moment. Check it out on Spotify and Amazon Music and all the other platforms. Again, just the same as you would do for Smart Moment. Head up to Patreon if you want to make sure that we do things for Fanboys been a little while since our last podcast last one was that superman man of tomorrow thing so i would definitely like to get into that whenever the hell i could get some free time wedding planning man that, that eats up your time <laughs> it's uh, they're not joking when to talk about that stuff so yeah wedding gift i don't know i'll throw something out about that but that is all my plugs we have one more match to talk about here the nxt championship match something that is a little bit different outside of just what you would see for a random episode of NXT. But Kyle O'Reilly is getting a shot at the NXT Championship. He's going to fight Finn Balor in what has to be, unless something weird happens, a fantastic match, right? Should be a one of the best. Yeah, this is going to be an awesome main event. It is a little bit hampered by the fact that obviously there's no live crowd. That sucks. It sucks that we know that there's no shot whatsoever that Kyle O'Reilly wins this championship, but it should still be a great contest from bell to bell. Kyle O'Reilly has already jumped up in a lot of ways. He looks so much better right now than he ever has, which is weird because he's always been somebody who's been talented. But I mean, I remember when he first came in and it was just some guy with a generic name, just white meat, whatever type of thing. And then it's like, oh, and he's with Bobby Fish. Okay, some other guy. And they're going to be a tag team, a tag team of guys, the, the, just the same as TM61 type thing. I'd like to uh, cut in here to say, no, Tony does not watch wrestling outside of the WWE. And AEW. Continue. Continue. <laughs> yeah, I watched the two. It's the same as when uh, back in the day. I barely watched a whole lot of ECW, even. So... I didn't know anything. I've heard a million things about a million people, about every single person who comes in is the best person in the world. And, oh, my God, you should see this guy's match he did in in Portugal. And he did this thing on this one G1 something or whatever. And this guy's what – everybody's great. Okay. Some people work out and some people don't. Kyle O'Reilly, he started off as just this bland thing. And then it became, oh, he's just a really good hand. And he's really entertaining in the ring and whatever. Now he's at a point where I'm like, all right, goddamn, like, give Kyle O'Reilly a belt more than a tag title. Like, make him a mid-card champion. Make him uh, him an NXT champion down the line or something. Like, I really dig Kyle O'Reilly more now than I ever have. And I've been a big fan of Kyle O'Reilly since he's been a part of the Undisputed Era. I mean, once he won me over with that initial hump. So I'm really glad that he's getting this shot here. It's going to make him look stronger in the grand scheme of things. And it's normally the type of spot that it would only go maybe to a Roderick Strong. That's neat. I really hope that they give him the chance to shine here and that he looks strong in this match, even when he loses. I would be so okay with Kyle O'Reilly winning the belt here. 
I think if you're ever going to split up the Undisputed Era, which I don't advise ever doing, but if you're going to do it to make the NXT Championship the focal point where you have these four guys who you just immediately get combinations of tag matches and three ways and four ways and singles. It's a cool way to go. And I think there's more of a story that can be told there than, okay, Finn Balor had an awesome match and now he's still champion. Let's hope he keeps the momentum going. But of course I, I do see at the end of the day, Finn Balor keeping this belt in what should be a banger of a wrestling match maybe the best pure wrestling match on a takeover all year Callum what do you think I think he is definitely a contender for that accolade I would say that this is NXT's equivalent to the Roman Reigns Jey Uso match from Clash of Champions which is a strong champion who's only recently lost the belt only recently won the belt and so can't possibly lose it facing a guy who by any like standards recently, at the very least, has been thrust into a championship opportunity, which is good because it's fresh and it's interesting and Kyle O'Reilly's great. So there's every reason why he should be in this type of match. But it's happened way too soon. He's been pushed way too quickly. And so there's no chance that he could possibly win this one. And so I would be against him winning because I absolutely love Kyle O'Reilly. He's always been my favourite member of the undisputed era he's and i would like him to win the title just because he could play it with an air guitar and yeah. that is the only thing that anyone ever wants to see kyle riley do is win championships and play them like air guitars to the ring now you got to keep it fresh he turns it into a drum <laughs> yeah yeah well, that's like, maybe he captures like three championships and then he turns that into a drum set yeah. just like hitting the drum set then so, and i'd be totally cool with that because kyle riley is awesome but the real the, the reality is that tim Ballard's only just won it He's been he's been pushed heavily. He's probably going to hold this title until the takeover surrounding WrestleMania or some point similar to that to that level. And Kyle O'Reilly's his first stepping stone to that on that journey. So so yeah, that's how it's going to go. The match will be great, and I don't see any result other than Finn Balor retaining. Now, assuming we get this person, that's the former champion, stepping in. You think that that's how the the show ends? It's Finn Balor beats Kyle O'Reilly, and then he's celebrating, and then he gets attacked by Bo or somebody. I mean, realistically, yeah. uh, no, uh, that, that's potential. I realistically, I know we talk about we already discussed about the fact whether there might be a six match added. I could realistically seeing Austin Theory, especially the way that Austin Theory has been booked recently, which is essentially he's a jobber now, and so he comes out saying that he has heard that this new guy is joining who's a former champion, but I'm not scared of a former champion because I'm the future of this company, blah, 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 blah. He comes out and he gets demolished by whoever this guy is. That's the new, whether it's Bo Dallas or whoever, they just come in, beat Austin Fury in a matter of minutes and then move on. And I'd like such, to see Bo Dallas demolish somebody. It's been a long time. Yeah, I would love to see it as well. I mean, I realistically, if it is Bo Dallas, I would like it to be a return to the Bo Leave character because it's been long enough that it doesn't feel like just a cop-out to go back to it, and that was the best that he ever was in terms of a character. But if he was to just take on the more aggressive persona, maybe, I don't know, It's again, it's it's a lazy uh, comparison to make, but if he just wyatts up a little bit, then maybe, then maybe that would be a good, like, fresh change for him as well. But I, I'm interested to see what Bo Dallas could do, given a bit of spotlight, because I think he's just someone who... Is never going to be was never going to be a world champion on Raw or SmackDown or anything like that. But NXT has always suited him, so I would I'd be happy to see him come back. And then that's it. That's card. All right. Not a some twenty match card. So hopefully you know they start at six thirty. They end at nine thirty at the very latest. Nine. We wrap that all up on the post show pretty early, and then I would, I would say then we go to bed. But that ain't happening for me. So, <laughs> yeah, if they do change anything for this card, we, of course, tonight on NXT, they might be like, COVID, all right, it's not Kyle O'Reilly anymore, it's not Priest anymore, it's not what, it, they might do one of those kind of things, which I so hope Hunter is not the case. asked about that, and he did say that the card is pretty much set in stone, that the, the people involved are healthy. 
Until NXT. <laughs> well, NXT's um, probably been typed from a previous week. Right. They do type That's right, they do. I'm thinking Thunderdome. But the changes, if they do happen, will be addressed on the hot tags that we're going to be doing on Friday night. And maybe it's just that they add the TakeOver uh, pre-show match. Maybe they do something with the tag titles. Maybe they switch something around. I don't know. If that happens, we'll talk about it then. Of course, on Sunday night, we'll be having the live coverage on SmartMMA.com. And then I'll be having my typical Bleacher Report post, my wrestling news stuff. And then we'll be knocking out our post-show uh, podcast. So stay tuned for that. And obviously, again, if you haven't subscribed to us on YouTube and rung that little notification bell to be aware of when those videos go up, go ahead and do that. And we will kind of you know, carry on the whole pay-per-view point stuff the way that we normally do here. But I got some other things I want to talk about. So do these guys. We're going to not only have the hot tags in that, we're also going to have another episode of the Paul Heyman Smackdown podcast. Callum, fill them in on what's coming up next. So the next edition of the Paul Heyman Smackdown podcast is on Saturday. I know, obviously, you may have been looking forward to take over on Saturday. It's now been moved to Sunday. It's now like it's now a Sunday show. So if you're trying to fill the void left by NXT with an extra just dose of wrestling talk, then Paul Heyman Smackdown is the place to go. Uh, the next episode uh, will cover the start of the WWE Tag Team Championship Tournament. So there'll be a few matches involved in there and also a false count anywhere match between Matt Hardy and The Undertaker. So probably it went a little bit better than Matt Hardy's, uh, well, last man standing, false count anywhere, whatever match with Sammy Guevara. So so that's to look forward to as well. So me and Rob just hopping back into the DeLorean talking about wrestling, retro wrestling. It's all great. Other than that, yeah. Other than that, you can check out all the great articles on smartcomoment.com, including the power rankings, my weekly contribution. But make sure you check out all the others as well. You can also use the website to follow the fantasy league, where there's been a lot of changes following Clash of Champions. A lot of points scored, unless your name is Stephen Wago, in which case only two points have been scored. <laughs> but Hopefully Still ahead will... of me, though, which is bullshit. Yeah. Well, hopefully he will pick up a few more points between uh, NXT and SmackDown to make it a little bit more competitive. Where And maybe we'll end up in a situation in a few months' time where I'm not twice ahead. I'm, I've got more points than everyone else combined or anything like that. So we'll, we'll wait and see how that happens. But other than that, you can follow me on Twitter at Weekmeister14. And, yeah, that's it for me. Yeah, and for me, you can follow me on Twitter at DudeFelice. Check me out. Later tonight on the Fightful YouTube channel, doing the uh, wrap-up show for AEW and NXT. You can also check me out on WrestleZone and their podcast. I do that Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. And I'll be here with Tony on Friday, and I'll be here with Tony on Sunday. Because you can't get rid of me. I'm like, like a COVID. fly. <laughs> yeah, or yeah. COVID. I don't want to be like COVID, but you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's it for me. Uh, Tony, plug something else. I got some holes here. I got uh, <laughs> get your mind out of the gutter, everybody. Um, yeah, here's no, I don't know. I'm gonna leave it. <laughs> 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 no, 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 no. I thought for a second there, like, nah, I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, go man. ahead and do it. Leave your comments. I was, I was, I was gonna, I was gonna say I didn't realize Caroline was in the. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that she was right now, so she could just uh, say something very cute. But uh, here's the game plan, and we got some stuff coming forward, just to kind of fill everybody in on how I've adjusted things a little bit recently. Because now we know, of course, not only was Takeover not the original plan a couple weeks ago, and that Hell in a Cell went from. One, I think it was like supposed to originally be like the 14th, and then it became November, and then it became October, and then it's, you know, this and that and that. Rearranging some stuff here and there. Then they add the draft, have to rearrange some more stuff. So here is what I've currently got set up for at least the next month or so. Next week, the current game plan is most likely to do the quarter four mailbag, which would be another live uh, broadcast on YouTube. So send in those mailbag questions if you haven't done that already. I honestly don't remember how many mailbag questions we already have. I know that that's been something that I've been cataloging. So if we have gotten any ones, I've put them in there already. And I'm sure that there's probably a couple at the very least, but send them in right now. 
right now. Go ahead and do it. <laughs> but send them in ahead of time, or maybe you will be able to join us when we do it live, which should be our normal recording schedule Wednesday around 3. Maybe some things change, and if so, I'll let you know on the Mega Maniacs Facebook group, which is facebook.com slash group slash the Mega Maniacs. Another thing going on on the Facebook group is I have a poll for what we should do for Champs Giving. Now, the Champs Giving tournament is going to start sometime soon, not entirely sure, and it kind of depends on what we end up going with. I don't want to do another who is the best whatever champion. We've done, I think, five tournaments of that at this point. We know for a fact people just do not vote like that. It's never who is the best Intercontinental Champion, and we'll judge them based off the Intercontinental title reigns. Who's the best Hardcore Champion? We'll judge them only on the Hardcore title situation. People tend to just just voting on who their favorite superstar is. So what's the point? Well, I don't want to give up on Champs Giving entirely. Put a lot of work into it. Big fan of the little designs. I like the name, you know, so I want to figure out another alternative to it, at least for a couple of years. Who knows what's going to happen? The world might explode in a couple of weeks with that asteroid that we're hearing about. But if we go with something different, the only ideas that I have going on right now, and there's a poll on the Facebook group for you to vote on, are best gimmicky championship concept idea. Now I'm going to shorten that because that's a mouthful, but that would be something like you vote on what do you like better? The hardcore championship, the 24 seven championship, the cruiserweight championship, tag team championship, anything other than world title, mid card title, women's title. That's just regular single stuff. That's one And if that's the case, we don't have 32 options. So it's going to be a shorter tournament. There's also best WWE World Championship belt design, which is just, I put up a picture of like that ugly ass green championship that they used to have. And, you know, yeah, I'm not voting for that one. Uh, And we go ahead and vote on that. I'm not leaning as much towards those two ideas. Particularly, I'm kind of not leaning towards the world championship one because I'm pretty sure that we all know who uh, who is going to win, what is going to win there. The likelihood that the winged eagle doesn't win is very, very unlikely. But right now, the current winner, according to the poll, is best non-title accolade. And I need to figure out a full list of options for that to figure out what type of tournament we've got. Maybe we only have eight. That's a really short tournament, but hey, you know, it is what it is. But that would essentially be another variation of a championship. You're not winning an actual normal belt, but you could win King of the Ring, Money in the Bank, the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal Trophy, the Women's WrestleMania Fallopian Tube uh, Trophy, the Slammy Awards, the Royal Rumble, hell, the Greatest Royal Rumble Championship belt. Those types of things just kind of a ranking of, you know, what's the coolest out of that? That's currently the winner right now. There's lots of times to vote on what you would like or to pitch some other ideas of what you might like to be for Champs Giving. So drop your comments below. Tell me your thoughts. Tell me your ideas. We'll brainstorm stuff and we'll figure out over the next couple of weeks whether we're going to have that start on the 14th or the 15th of October and it's a long 32 type of type thing qualifying round and all the normal stuff that we do with the sexy superstars tournament and this Mark Madness or if we have a super short thing that starts around November 4th and ends around Thanksgiving I don't really know yet we got to figure it out we also have to figure out as well that now that I've reshuffled a couple things we're going to do going over the WWE draft and reviewing the draft in full after the draft is over with so Next week is, at least right now, the quarter four mailbag. The week afterwards is going to be a review of the draft. However, we have that AEW tier list. I wanted to do that multiple times at this point, and each time something pushed it out of the way. So here's where we got to go with. Either we go with October 28th is when we do that, unless something changes, or we move the mailbag around. And we do the AEW tier list next week and push the mailbag to October 28th. What do you guys think? Going to get your opinions right now, and then I'm going to get people in the comments. Oh, I kind of just moved the mailbag to the end of the month. 
and do the AEW one as soon as possible? Well, I'm a man of the people, and so I want the people to decide. Which is essentially a cop-out. There's pros and cons, because to me, the mailbag is something that we're going to do in quarter four anyway. It's going to happen in October. It's one of those things. And if something weird happens, it's just going to be an extra video. And the tier list is something that I was thinking could make a lot of sense to do around the beginning of October, because it'll be the one year anniversary of Dynamite. So... I don't think it's the end of the world if we do that at the end of October. It's not like the you know we have to do it on that because it's a, some kind of an anniversary that's like you know the bomb's going to go off. We don't, but I don't know. I mean, I want to know what everybody else has to say. So let us know if you would rather have the tier list next week and the mailbag at the end of the month, or if you want the mailbag next week just because you want the live show and that kind of environment, and if you want to push the tier list a little bit later on. Then we got it to figure out, of course, November. November is a possible shit show. We got Survivor Series. We got whatever is happening there. Not figuring that out right now. It's way too uh, far in, in advance, even though I've got notes leading to uh, to June 30th. <laughs> so we'll see. But again, tell us your thoughts on the Champs Giving ideas. Tell us your thoughts on what should be the mailbag or the tier list next week. Tell us your thoughts on what's happening at NXT TakeOver 31. What else you would like to see? What else you'd like to talk about? The hot tags you want us to incorporate into Friday's show and anything else that's happening. Hit the like button. Hit the applause button. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Donate to the Patreon. Pick up the merch. Check out fanboysanonymous.com. Stay tuned for everything else that's happening your way. Have a good day. Be nice to people. Put on your mask. Make a tasty dinner. Tell me the recipe. (laughs) I don't know what else we can throw out here, but just stay tuned for whatever else is happening next, and we'll see you next time, everybody. But for now, this has been another Smart Out Moment, and we're being counted out. 